What's up, everybody? Mark Belleville here, host of the Hoop Dreams podcast. want to remind you guys that we got new episodes dropping every Tuesday. If you haven't checked us out yet, make sure you do for all your latest updates on the NBA and all your basketball news. Until next time, peace, guys. Hey, guys, it's Ryan Green, Machine Ebner here from the Big J and BB Show, your source for gaming, anime, and sports news. You can find us on your podcast platform of choice. Just search Big J and BB Show on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. Also, find us on Twitter at Big J and BB Show. Now, enjoy the next episode and stay breezy. Welcome to the stream, everybody. Happy Wednesday, June 24th, 2020. Hall of Fame Day for the Blackhawks. Dougie Wilson, Marion Hosa, which we'll get to. But of course, these streams brought to you by BUSR.com slash JoshUSN. Sports are returning. PGA Tour starts tomorrow. Uh, well, I should say the TCP starts tomorrow. Um, NASCAR this weekend. And we also have baseball to look forward to. Maybe, kind of, I don't know, not really. Open phones, 815-714-9044. 815-714-9044. You see it on your screen there. Of course, I have to start out with a joke. These are all very stupid. So don't hold me to a high standard. Ariana Grande, what did she want to be when she grew up? Wait for it. Wait for it. Ariana Venti. Thanks. Thanks for coming. I appreciate you. You can leave your tips at the door. Uh, speaking of Venti, Starbucks, which, first of all, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's small, medium, and large. Okay, it's not Venti. I don't even know the other ones. Grande, Venti, and I have no idea. I don't know, but it's stupid. It's small, medium, large. Um, those spots you heard at the beginning of the stream, for four ninety nine a month, you get a 15 to 30 second ad spot to promote whatever you want to promote. Your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, your YouTube, your business, your podcast, or your product. Got a dog walking service? I don't I don't care. 15 to 30 seconds for 4.99 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee, a venti sized coffee at Starbucks. Um kind of a packed show tonight. Of course, we have to mention the uh I would don't really call it big news because Really, we all expected this, and that's Marion Hosa getting the Hall of Fame call as a Chicago Blackhawk as well as Dougie Wilson. Was it 24 years? 24 years, uh, 24th of eligibility, and he finally gets it. Um, the the biggest the biggest memory that I have of Marion Hosa is 100,000 percent the overtime goal, April 24th, 2010, against the Nashville Predators. Uh, I'll tell you what, let, let's, hopefully this works. So this is live. Obviously, if this is a mistake, you're going to, we'll deal with it. But, um, this is my favorite memory of Marion Hosa. So, where were you on April 24th, 2010, when Marion Hosa came out of the box after serving, I believe it was a major, and scores the overtime game winner 
against the Nashville Predators. I can tell you exactly where I was. And by the way, shout out Brent Sobel for that just get it, get pucks on net type mentality. And if Marion Hosa, uh, I'm sorry, if, if Brent Sopel wouldn't have done that, who knows what would have happened. Um, so Sopey, Sopey, not, not enough, not enough credit, but, um, <laughs> it, it, it's so funny that I, that I bring this up because April 24th, 2010, I was at a White Sox game and it was White Sox Mariners. Um, the Sox were terrible. Uh, I remember driving into the city and everyone's going to the United Center and we're making a left going to U.S. Cellular Field. I, I, there were three people that, that came up to the window, knocked on the window and like you, you get scalpers and all this other stuff. So of course we ignore them. But there's th- three different people knocked on the window. Hey, parking pass for a Sox game. It's free. No, it's real. It's it's free. You can take it. I'm going to the game. And we're like, nah, man, we're good. We're, I don't I don't want to deal with any of that because if, it, if it's fake and then I got it, it's a whole issue. Not dealing with it. Well, <laughs> we're, we're sitting at this Mariners game at, at Sox Mariners. And by the way, I, I don't know if anyone can find this, but if you somehow find the entire game, Bottom of the first inning, Juan Pierre, wow, Sox legend, Juan Pierre hit a uh, hit a foul ball down the left field line, and you can see me. I'm on TV, not like crystal clear, like hey, there I am. No, but you can see, you can see me on TV. I think I was was it 2010? I was 16. Yikes! No, no, I wasn't. Wait a second. To math, so I was I was 17. Um. No, wait, 2010? No, I was 16. That's right. I was definitely 16. Um, wow, that was a long time ago. But so fast forward to overtime. Well, really the entire game. In between innings, uh, Gene Honda, the legendary PA announcer of the, of the White Sox and of the Blackhawks, was doing uh, was doing like inter- in between innings, he was giving updates and they were showing highlights on the, on the big screen. Well, after the third period, yes, the stadium was empty. Okay, we, we get it. But after the third period, everybody that was at the Sox game went up to the concourse, and they were watching the game. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to go up. I really want to see this game. It was close, and I guess I'll find out when everybody starts cheering. So... I don't remember what inning it was for the White Sox game, but all I remember is a huge roar uh, on the concourse. And I'm like, oh my God, they won. They won. But actually, I should say this before, I I don't remember exactly what happened, but there was a huge groan. And I thought for sure they lost. I thought for sure Nashville took that game and we were in trouble. Um, But then the roar came and I'm like, oh my God, we won. I think we won. And shortly after the, the half inning, they show the highlight on on the big board in center field, and it was electric. It was, look, believe it or not, Mariners players, everybody was watching the big screen, and even the Mariners players were like, oh, okay, I, I was amazing. It was unbelievable. And 
then I'm like, how great would it be? The person I was with, I was like, how great would it be? So the, the Hawks won, right? A, a thrilling game, uh, overtime game winner. How amazing would it be if the Sox came back? How amazing, just a couple wins in a row, like dramatic wins, this would be amazing. And of course, like an April 24th game at U.S. Cellular Field at the time doesn't mean a thing. But a walk-off win would be nice. So, if I'm not mistaken, the entire game was kind of a lull. It was 4-3 to three going into the bottom of the ninth. It might have been 4-2 into the ninth, I'm not exactly sure. I know, uh, I know we were down. And obviously, we're in the ninth inning. And there was this one kid... That you know, although like the little kids that scream and their their voices always show up on, uh, <laughs> they they're always heard on TV. Well, there was a kid chanting, "We want a pitcher, not a belly itcher," and I, I don't remember who the the Mariners closer was at the time, but it just kept going and going and going, and I'm like, "Geez, kid, give it a rest." And then Jason Nix comes up, and then Jason Nix gets on base. If shout out to anyone who remembers Jason Nix. And so, so he gets on base, and he's the tying run. And now the kid's dad gets into it. We want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. And then the whole crowd on the left field side gets into it. We want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. And then Alex Rios comes up. And I'm like, Rios, he's Keegan Homer, right? I think he's down 0-2. I don't remember exactly what the count is. I just remember, like, okay, it's over. And the kid keeps going. We want a pitcher, not a belly itcher. And then you hear the crack of the bat. And you see the ball fly. And I'm like, oh my God, it's got a chance. Oh my God, it's gone. It was the best day ever. It was the absolute best day ever. So I got to see, in in a matter of probably 15 minutes, I got to see the Hawks winning overtime on the big board. And I got to see the White Sox walk it off in a meaningless April 24th game. But the funny part about that, that highlight and I don't want to play it again because I, I don't want it to. I don't want it to mess up because who knows? Doc Emmerich, the the most legendary hockey broadcaster, without a doubt, he's he's amazing. He messed up the call. If you pay attention to it, he says Kane. So Sopel shoots it at the net. Hosa picks it up off a of, off a rebound and puts it in. And I don't know, it was maybe it was the angle that Hosa celebrated, because if you remember, he celebrated, he was on both of his knees sliding toward the boards, and he said, he said, Kane, and it, it, it was Hosa, bro. But we forgive you. We, we definitely forgive you. No one cares that you got it wrong. I'm just pointing it out. I don't know if anybody else noticed it, but nonetheless, an, an electric highlight. So congratulations to, to Mary and Hosa, um, as well as Jerome McGinley and, and the other names that are into the NHL Hall of Fame. Jerome McGinley is a guy who I feel like he's he's one of those guys that you absolutely hated to play against, but you would you would kill to have him on your team. Wasn't afraid to fight. Definitely not afraid to fight. He could throw the body around. And he had, in my opinion, underrated hands. Definitely underrated. And I don't mean fighting. I mean dangles. I think uh, he had an unbelievable shot. I mean, the guy, the guy was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Calgary was very spoiled with, with Jerome Ginla. Um, but Marion Hosa, to me, the way he was able to... the I don't know if this is patented. Like, I don't know if this is just his thing or whatever. The way he was able to protect the puck. Similar to a Patrick Kane, but obviously a much bigger body. The way he was able to shield the puck and just skate around and toy with people. Just, I mean, just make them look stupid. Just give him the, the little forearm shiver 
while he's while he's skating at the blue line and opening up space, dropping it off to the D man for 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 a rocket. I mean, it was an absolute treat. And then he got lit up by Rafi Torres, illegal hit. Fuck you, Rafi. Um, and, and then the the skin disease. I mean, it 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 sucks. It, it sucks the way Marion Hosa had to kind of leave the game, but obviously. He's one of the most respected hockey players to ever play, especially in this era. And the the Hall of Fame is is obviously well deserved, and it's no surprise to anybody. So I beg this question to you. Open phones, 815-714-9044, 815-714-9044. The Blackhawks players in current uniforms, who's the next Hall of Famer? Some Your knee-jerk reaction is probably, oh, Patrick Kane. Or maybe it's, I don't know, maybe you're out there saying Brent Seabrook. Maybe you're saying Corey Crawford. Who knows? I'll tell you my answer. It's got to be Duncan Keith. No question it's Duncan Keith. When you look about it, when you look at his age, his accomplishments, his just straight-up dominance as a defenseman over the years, his ability to play at such a high level in his mid-30s, the guy's going to play until he's 45. Um... Uh, so for those reasons, not even statistically, for those reasons, his ability to play defense, his ability to, to, to defend on a backskate, to me is a, is, is a no-question Hall of Fame bid. Uh, if you disagree, if you agree, phone's on your, uh, the phone number's on your screen. So I got to go with Keith. I, I think Kane, obviously, I mean, Kane's in the Hall of Fame. There's obviously no question, but it's just a matter of time. Jonathan Taves, some people could argue, so some people are like, well, he's you know fallen off over the past X amount of years, and he's got some some things to to kind of sort out with his game. But regardless, an unbelievable captain. I'm not telling you that I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying that that's what people are saying. Corey Crawford, Hall of Fame goaltender. Fight me. Fight me, Kyle. I know you're out there. I know you're out there watching. And uh, I'm I'm willing to <laughs> I'm willing to fight you about that one. Couple cup wins, pretty great save percentage. A lot of people are talking about uh, Henrik Lundqvist being a Hall of Fame goalie. Why can't Corey Crawford be a Hall of Fame goalie? So I, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, again, if you want to intertwine on the conversation, have any opinions on the next Hall of Fame Blackhawk that's in a, in a jersey now, 815-714-9044, 815-714-9044. So the next topic of conversation today, unfortunately, is COVID. Uh, Jabari Parker, uh, Kings player, Sacramento Kings, tested positive for the coronavirus, which is really, I mean, we're, this is to be expected now, right? But Jabari says that he's uh, he he's got it, tested positive, but he's planning to join his team in Orlando. I don't think that should be a shock to anybody, right? I I don't think that people I I don't know all of the replies on Twitter. I I looked at some of the things that that had to to do with this, but I I don't necessarily think anyone should be like panicked about it. Um. Now, obviously, we don't know the future of the disease, right? We don't know the we don't know the effects long term. But Jabari has it now. Fourteen days from now, we're looking at probably what I don't even the math. July tenth, July eighth. I, I don't I don't know. But 
they're not even going to be close to being back. So when he goes back, he'll have the antibodies, right? Science? Wasn't, I was never good at it. But I think this is something that you're going to see. I think you're going to see players from all sports. Uh, Charlie Blackman got it from the Colorado Rockies. It's almost inevitable. It's almost inevitable that players are going to get it across all sports. And I think it's just a matter of how you deal with it. Some of the things you can't avoid. Getting the virus. In that aspect. Like, they don't have a choice but to be around people. Folks like you and I, we can stay home. Right? We can... We we have more control over our environment. We have more control over who we're around than they do. And... I think that's a genuine concern for for a lot of these players. I I, I think that when the players are like, "Yeah, we're going to go to Orlando, we're going to we're going to get back at it, we're going to start training." I don't necessarily think it's like they're they're afraid to be that they're afraid to be around certain people. I think they're afraid of the people that the other people are around. Does that make sense? Like I'm cool if I'm around you, but I don't know who you are around. Which is obviously how this thing spreads. So it's just it's it's a it's a tough perspective to have. We all want sports back, we all do. But it's a matter of we gotta we gotta check some balances on this health thing. I I saw I I believe it was Mark Mark Belleville, host of the uh, host of the Hoop Dreams podcast. You heard the spot in the beginning of the show. Orlando. He, if I'm getting this wrong, Mark, I apologize. But if, I believe you did say the Orlando bubble is going to be the safest place uh, in the country, and I just I don't I don't agree with that because they're talking about you know oh your wife can come or you know your your family can come. We we understand that it's it's important for you. We want your kids to be here and everything like that. And of course they're going to go through protocol. They're going to be tested. And once you're in the bubble, you can't really leave. But I mean, sometimes, I mean, I've I've heard cases of some people like, yeah, I, I was around a bunch of people. I never had it. And then one day I woke up with it and then uh, now I got it. So I, I don't necessarily know. Like, I don't think that if I was around you and I got tested tomorrow, that it would show up. I think there's a, I think there's a, a quote unquote grace period before it shows up on a test, right? So... There's going to be have to there's stipulations with that too. It this is a really really tricky situation, and I I don't want to I don't want to throw this guy under the bus, and I'm not going to. But I was talking to somebody today, and they were like, "Look, I want sports back, but this has a really high potential to get really screwed up. Like we could really see these sports come back for a week and have to shut it all down again." And then what happens? Because then the le- all these leagues invest all this money. They invest all this money in this te- in these tests, in travel, in just all of these arrangements that go into these plans. And they have so much confidence. And and then it it crumbles. I mean, I guess expect the unexpected, but the unexpected has a price. And I just don't know the, 
I, I'm just not sure how the leagues are. I don't know how they're okay with taking this risk. Like, I know they need the money, right? If if it wasn't about the money, they wouldn't play. Let's just be honest. But <laughs> it's it's a huge risk. It's a huge risk. I know people in the baseball world that are like, baseball says they're back. They say they're back. But in two weeks, this could all go away. This could all be, it's too out of control. We can't do anything about it. We're, we're done. And that goes for any sport, but, but Major League Baseball, for some odd reason, I don't, I don't really think that they're confident. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not confident in them really following protocol keeping their jeans high and tight and I just I don't know that if they can screw if they can screw something up they'll, they'll screw it up that's that's the best way to put it so I, I I'll talk more MLB at the end of the show with open phones 815-714-9044 on your screen 815-714-9044 we'll talk Cubs and White Sox situations going into this 60 game schedule that may or may not happen still who knows I want to know your confidence level as well uh, but Let's talk about the PGA Tour here a little bit. So the the TCP starts tomorrow, right, June twenty fifth. Brooks Kepka's out. Chase Kepka is out. The Kepka brothers, which sucks. Brooks Kepka is my favorite golfer, and I'm not a huge golf fan, but just Brooks being a bro, like, I mean, he's he's entertaining to watch for me. And honestly, if yes, it started back when he interviewed with Barstool. That's that's exactly where where it stems from. But Golf, I saw somebody tweet about this today. Golf is the epitome of a social distance sport. Like, I know you have your caddy, but it's you and the ball, and these guys are getting it. Now, of course, I don't know what their, like, workout regimens are and everything like that, but they're getting it. And they're withdrawing. I think a handful of golfers have withdrew already. And I think you're going to start seeing that in other sports. I'm just I'm just stating my opinion. I, I think the more people that get it, the more freaked out these athletes are going to get and the easier it's going to be for them to be like, you know what? The money's not even worth it. I'm out. Because we still don't know what this disease does, what this virus does to people as a whole like it affects different people different ways so i i looked over the pga tours um their 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 safety guidelines and basically their their statement was look we understand this is going to happen we're still going to follow protocol uh we understand if people are, are backing out of the out of the tournaments I mean, there's things that we're doing here instead of them going to public gyms while they're on tour, they go to like this players clubhouse and it's got a giant facility that they can work out in. Uh, they'll all be masked and it's basically like their bubble. That's what I would consider it. But I just, I'm just not sure if that's enough. I'm not sure if that's enough. And for me, it's enough. Like I go the bubble thing, go for it. But I just don't know if you're if you're gonna convince all these golfers to to go to go do it. Athletes in general, I guess, to go do it. 
Because if I'm a golfer and I see that so-and-so gets it and I know that he's only been around one guy, his caddy, and it's him and the ball for nine hours a day, and he got it, what, what's to say that I can't get it? I mean, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. The, the amount of risk that's going into these sports coming back is, uh, is wild. So TCP Championship, if that's what it, TCP starts tomorrow, June 25th. Place your bets at busr.com slash joshusn. Get yourself a sign-up bonus. NASCAR this weekend, Churchill Downs this weekend, uh, more horse racing. Man, I, I didn't talk about this. I'll talk about it real quick before I transition into, into Cubs White Sox. Dr. Post was 8-1 to one odds, and I got him at 8-1. to one, And he was in 4th or 5th the entire race last weekend at Belmont. And I'm watching, I'm like, man, I'm like, come on, Doc. Like, what are you doing? I call him Doc like I know him. I'm like, come on, Doc. Wait, let's go, man. And then they get to the straightaway. They get to the, to, the, to the stretch, and he starts creeping up. And I'm like, oh, come on, Dr. Post, let's go. And then he creeps up a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm about to win. And tis the law ran away with it. Dr. Post comes in second. I'm like, you know what? I really have never bet on horse racing before. But I got to say, like the little bit of research that I did with Dr. Pose and him, him finishing it in second, I feel a little, I feel pretty good about that. I feel like if I would have paid a little bit more attention to the other horses, done a little bit more research on the other horses, maybe I would have picked his the law. Maybe I would have, or maybe it could have gone the other way. Maybe I would have thought too much and picked somebody who finished dead last. But it feels good. I, top three finish for uh, one of the first times horse racing or horse betting. I might, I might place another bet this weekend. I might do that. BUSR.com slash Joshua So Cubs White Sox. I want to talk about this quickly, and I'll I'll basically leave the floor open to you guys. 815-714-9044. 815-714-9044. Saying the, uh, saying the number twice is a radio habit. I apologize. Um, the Cubs and White Sox are in two very odd positions. So I, I wrote an article about this on uh, feversports.com, F-E-V-R-sports.com. Um, I don't have any pressure on the White Sox. I don't, I don't have any, I, I really don't have any standards anymore for this 60 game se- uh, season because I was ready to watch 162 games of the White Sox clawing for, for position. I was ready for a Carlos Rodon return. I was ready for a Michael Kopech return. I wanted to see what Luis Robert could do in a full campaign. Nick Madrigal, and so on. Nomar Mazzara, not to mention the, the, the new acquisitions. There was a ton of excitement, obviously, around this White Sox team. And we don't know. We, we, we don't know and we didn't know how this team was going to be. We saw them in spring training. They seemed to be gelling well, building chemistry. But... The regular season is much different. And for anyone out there who I, I'm a I'm a very opinionated person, but I'm gonna st- I'm gonna take a step back here for a second and say that anyone out there that wants to sit here and say that they knew that, that, how the White Sox were gonna do, I mean you're wrong. It, it, there's no way you know what you have nothing to base it off of. This is a, a wildly new looking team, and there's a bunch of young guys. And there's a lot of things to count on. Tim Anderson needed to improve his defense and continue his, his hitting. Yohan Moncada, how is he going to look? Eloy Jimenez in his second season. There's a ton of things that go into it. Yasmani Grandal, how is he going to look? So there's a lot of things to take into account. And, you know, I, I did say last year, I think this team could win 85 games. 
I, I really do. I, th- I think they could win 85 games. But I'm not sitting here saying they're going to win 85 games. I said, I believe, in a past article that could they win 85 games? Absolutely. Could I see them win like 62 or 63 or 75? Yeah, it wasn't 62 or 63. It was like 72 or 72 to 75. I could because they're new. They're, they're still building. This rebuild is still very alive and well. We're, we're not at the, at the top of the mountain yet. So for the White Sox, there's no pressure for me. Look, you win 15 games, you go 15 and 45. It is what it is. Just do me a favor and stay healthy. I'll tell you what, th- uh, opinion time. Let's just say Yon Mokata. Let's say game 40. Tweaks a hamstring. Tweaks an, uh, now let's say oblique. Obliques are, are pretty, uh, they're pretty tender. Uh, they're, they're tender areas. So he strains an oblique. I would rather him sit out the season. I'd rather him shut it down and try and make the playoffs without him than rush him back because we're a game and a half back on game 57 and we need his talent. I'm not saying that if the White Sox won the World Series this year or even made the playoffs that there's an asterisk. I have such an issue. There's a star next to it. I don't know why I have such an issue saying that word. I, I The champion this season, they won't be invalid. This is a real championship. Everybody's dealing with the 60-game schedule. I'm just saying that if the, if the White Sox crap the bed, there's no pressure on it. I don't care. Just come back next season. We'll see what we got. We'll reassess. The one wild thing to me is that the MLB approved trades for this shortened season. August 31st, I believe, is the uh, trade deadline. And, man, you got to have some stones to uh, to make a trade in a 60-game season. I mean, you're trading assets for a real short road. And next season, next season you might. I mean, it could look a whole lot different. I'm just interested to see who does what on the trade block. Like, do the Cubs start moving money? And, and this is me transitioning into the into Cubs talk. Do the Cubs decide, hey, we're 13 and 30. It's not looking good. We got to move this money. Bryant's gone. Javi's gone. Contreras is gone. Like, do they, maybe they wholesale. The whole thing is gone. Or do they, like, try and tread water and get rid of everything in, in the offseason? I personally think this is hot take. I'll take a look. I need a sounder for that. I personally think that if the if the Cubs were in a position where they were say thirteen and thirty, I think they are in a much more valuable position to sell at this altered trade deadline than they would be to hold and wait for the off season. Because there's a lot. There's going to be a lot more teams that feel like they have a chance. There's going to be a lot more teams that feel like, hey, there's only 60 games here. You know, last season the Pirates would have made the playoffs. So the Pirates could be a team that are like, look, we we feel like we got a chance. So we're going to go all out. General managers are going to be very, very aggressive in this situation, I think. I just think the Cubs are in a – I'll say it again. I think the Cubs are going to reap the rewards if they're having a bad year to sell high on their players. And because it just feels like the road is coming to an end for the Cubs core anyway. And before, before the pandemic, I believe Javi Baez was in negotiations. 
interesting tidbit. Well known. Not like I'm telling you anything you don't know. But I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I, I just I don't know if the White Sox are in a position of pressure. I'm cool again if they finish ten and fifty. I don't care if they make the playoffs. I'm going to be happy. The Cubs are in a position again. Same thing. I I, I don't think that there's there's pressure on any any team. I really don't because this is such an oddity. So everybody should just go play. I mean, go play loose. Go play loose. Don't I guess don't really worry about how short of a road it is. Go play 60 games and see where you're at at the very end, and then if you don't make the playoffs, well, we'll see you next year. I, I just I kind of feel like maybe fans should lay off the gas a little bit. Maybe uh, maybe understand that this is this is just straight up weird. And who knows? Maybe 25 games in, we got to call it quits anyway because of COVID. We'll see what happens. Cubs and White Sox, regardless, we you have to be excited for baseball, and uh, you have to be excited for for sports returning. That's all I got. 815-714-9044 if you have any closing thoughts. Otherwise, see you tomorrow. Um, again, I'll, I'll mention it. If you uh, are interested in advertising at the beginning of the show, $4.99 a month. That's less than a Starbucks cup of coffee once a month. Um, looking to advertise your business, product, your podcast, your Instagram account, your dog's Instagram account, your YouTube channel, let me know at Josh BUSN on Twitter or send me an email at Josh Wow at Joshua Barlog at gmail.com. I'm working on a page on Fever Sports to make it easier for you all. Um, make it kind of a one stop situation. A couple clicks will get it done for you. And uh, that's all I got. So if you're interested, let me know. Otherwise we will see you guys and talk to you guys tomorrow.